Welcome to the Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast, where we highlight nonprofit innovators, leaders, and influencers every week that are changing the sector for the better. I'm your host, Delaney Mullinex, Executive Director of Nonprofit Hub. If you're not for profit and all for purpose, you're in the right place. You see, we know you're already doing good, but we've designed this podcast to help nonprofit professionals find growth, joy, and connection. So tune in weekly for new episodes to elevate your cause, spread the news, and share the resources we share with you. Did you know Nonprofit Hub offers a variety of courses and certification trainings inside of their membership platform called Cause Network? All courses and certificates include a full free year of membership to access 365 days of learning and networking to further your career and to make the difference in your organization. Visit nonprofithub.org courses to see the full list of on-demand courses and sign up for a course today. That's nonprofithub.org courses. Hi everyone, Delaney here with the Nonprofit Hub Radio Podcast. I am super pleased to introduce the guest of this episode, Kristen Serka. She is on the verge of releasing her first book. The book is called Story Find, the handbook for finding and telling your nonprofit's most impactful stories. At the time that this episode comes out, this book will be on pre-sale order on Amazon and it will officially be for sale on November 1st of 2023. We talk about how nonprofits can find and tell their best stories and what exactly is included in stories that get donors to act. Um, She uses the three-part framework of persuasion, which includes having aspects of egos, Lagos and pathos in your stories. If you want to know more about what that means, stay tuned and hear more from Kristen. Kristen, please um, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit more about what you do and and how you help nonprofits. Sure. So thank you for having me. First of all, I'm excited to be here today. Um, I am a licensed professional counselor by trade. So I worked as a therapist for several years before diving into the world of film production for nonprofits. That's so interesting. Um, Have you ever heard that um, social workers are actually really good fundraisers? No, I have no, but I believe it. (laughs) I've had like three people tell me that because my undergrad is in social work. So whenever I say that, they're like, oh, you're probably really good at fundraising. I'm like, I've never done it, but. I think there is just such a natural overlap of being able to connect with people and to understand like kind of what their core needs and desires are. And then to kind of marry that to an organization mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. So yes, that's my background. I practiced for, I think, five years as a therapist. And my husband owned a film production company. At the time, it was Reliance Studios. And I kind of just worked my way in over a few years, um, working on sets, doing interviews for him. And then finally was able to join the team in 2012. So I think looking at the bigger picture, kind of what you said, Delaney, my heart has always been able to, my heart has always been to help people make sense of their stories and to help their stories mean something. So that is really what has driven me in my career, both as a counselor and in the world of film production for nonprofits is wanting to help people tell their stories in a way that means something to people coming along behind them. So 
that is what I do day in and day out is help nonprofits tell their stories in a way that both helps them achieve their goals, but also helps them take great care of the people that they are putting on camera. Yeah. Before we, there's a couple of things I want to comment on, but before we get too far, what is the name of your book? Oh, my book is Story Find. It's the handbook for finding and telling your nonprofit's most impactful stories. I love the title um, because there there are two parts, right? Finding and then telling. Yes. Uh, and I love that it's broken out like that. So you, you said earlier that you helped when you first started out with Reliance Studios at the time, it was interviewing. Yes. Um, I imagine that your background in counseling and therapy kind of helped you to have the skills that needed to interview, um, especially on challenging topics. Um, can you speak to that at all? I mean, I think a lot of people aren't the best suited to ask difficult questions. So there are actually two chapters devoted to interviewing in StoryFind. Um, when I came into the business, there wasn't anything to help me figure out how to do it well. It was kind of my counseling background and all of the techniques and the theories that we had learned. And then when I would search for how to conduct a great interview, everything that came up was in the world of broadcast journalism. And those interviews are usually for the purpose of informing on a topic in some way. Yeah. So that's very different than what we were doing, which was trying to help people feel safe and comfortable usually in a relatively quickly or in a relatively short time span and then helping to draw their stories out on camera, which is also terrifying. Yeah. And there just wasn't anything out there. There was, there's like the, yeah, marrying my worlds together of counseling and trying to apply some journalism techniques and hoping that at the end of the day, their results would be successful. Um, so that is what I've worked on developing like the last 10 years is sort of a unique approach to drawing people out through those counseling techniques that are easily applied and mm -hmm. help people feel safe enough to be vulnerable in the moment to open yeah. up. Yeah. So there's a lot of that in the book. It's just kind of how to do this well. Great. And I'm sure that, I mean, you said that typically in the, in the world of like broadcasting and journalism, the purpose is to inform, which is kind of, like nonprofits do need to inform and raise awareness, but ultimately the action that you want to happen is for a donor to do something, for a donor to act. Yes. Um, so what exactly do stories that you're putting together interviews for need to have in order to inspire donors to do that? That's such a good question. So if we zoom back like centuries to Aristotle, he created this beautiful thing called, I'll just do a triangle, Aristotle's rhetorical triangle, hmm. where it's ethos, pathos, and logos are the corners of the triangle. And basically logos is logic. So every single story that you put out there needs to connect to someone's mind. So you need to have the stats, you need to have the facts, you need to have the data, just like the journalism techniques. Yeah. The second corner is pathos, which is the emotional side. So you also have to have the ingredients of emotion in a story. It doesn't mean that someone needs to cry, but you have to be able to connect with them interpersonally through the camera lens or through your newsletter. However, you're going about sharing your story. You need to be able to connect to your audience's emotional centers. And then the third piece is ethos, which is 
the need for credibility, essentially. So you have to be a trustworthy source. Okay. So if stories can connect with the head, the heart, and someone's need for credibility in your audience, you are going to move them to do something with what you just saw. That's like the secret recipe and it's hundreds of years old, which is really cool. Nice. I love that. That's perfect. It's a great answer. I, um, there was a video that I watched, to be honest, I have one of the shortest attention spans of anyone you've probably ever met. If anything takes me more than five seconds, I am not going to watch it. I'm not going to read it. Like long LinkedIn posts, forget about it. I'm like scrolling past it. Anything that's basically not like a static image, I'm like done. Um, and that, that's obviously something that I need to work on, but there was actually a video that, and it was a fun, it was a video to, um, to raise awareness in, in fundraise for charity water. Um, and you might have met Brady Jofferson at, um, cause camp, who is their director. of yeah. marketing. Yep. And I didn't actually talk to Brady about this at the time, but their video was so good. And it, I mean, that video has to have been about three minutes. Um, yeah. Just it was a LinkedIn ad. It was three minute long video. It was served to me like over and over again after I watched it. But I remember the first time that I watched it, I watched the entire thing, and that was shocking to me. Um, Do you know what's even more shocking is their twenty minute video. <laughs> I watched the entire thing of that that they yeah. put out called the Spring. Like it's just what you're talking about. Like you kind of get three minutes in and it switches gears. So your brain stays focused the whole time. Yeah. Fantastic. Like a fantastic example of something that does a great job at telling a compelling story from start to finish. Yeah. Really well done. There was, um, unfortunately like where I grew up, there wasn't a ton of great or there was zero, I guess, marketing classes or communications classes or fundraising classes for that matter in the nonprofit program at our university. And there was a grant writing course, but there wasn't like fundraising, right? Um, that wasn't okay. necessarily a curriculum that they put into like an academic program, which is really unfortunate. But I think back to, I ended up, I really, I love, I've always loved marketing. So I tried to go into as an elective, the only elective that I was allowed to take into my program, at least that like counted towards my degree was a marketing class. So I took a marketing class, and one of the things that I learned in that class is that for any like promotional material, like especially anything that's visual, so like an image, mm-hmm. a video, you want the viewer to be able to see themselves in the video. And 100%. I think that was, that was like one of the elements that I think Charity Water had because it was a volunteer, like helping to bring buckets of water back from a river, like five miles in like a desert climate and then like up a mountain to like the girl's house. Um, and it was like, I can, like, I could see myself like trying to have to do that and like being as tired as him. Um, but if it had just been a video of like the girl doing it, I, I can't relate to that. I don't bring water up and down a mountain and like to a river, you know? Um, and so that was just, I think that's like another element that they do really well. That is a hundred percent true. Um, a hundred percent true. Charity water is definitely a leader in telling stories in that way. Um, yeah, that's storytelling is so collaborative. You know, it takes two to tell a story. You have the person actually speaking it or writing it, and then you have the person receiving it. And one of our most successful videos, people have said that exactly what you just said, I can see myself in Rita was her name. So Rita was a student at Concordia college, Alabama. But before that, her story began when she went into her high school guidance counselor's office 
And the guidance counselor told her that she was not college material mm-hmm. and she should get a job at the local sewing factory. And in in the video, Rita says, I believed her. And that's what I did. I got a job at the sewing factory. And it wasn't until years later when someone from Concordia College, Alabama stepped in and believed in her that she went on to do something different with her life. But people always say, like, as you're receiving that story, you probably are picturing this high school guidance counselor's room. And you can almost see yourself walking in and sitting down. And what if that was you and this person said that back to you? Yeah. And then you can picture the sewing factory. And what if you were going to work at a sewing factory, which is fine if that's what you want to do with your career, but not if it's because someone has sent you there because you're right. not material. Put a ceiling over you. Yeah. Yes. So it is, it's so, it's so cool. Storytelling is like the best job in the world of mm-hmm. being able to help viewers and an audience see themselves in the person whose story is being told. It's yeah. fantastic. There's there's a lot of relatable elements, I think, in that story specifically. Even if you were never told you couldn't do something by a guidance counselor, I mean, there's um, like anyone who's ever benefited from a college education or, yes. um, yeah, I mean, so many different things. But Or anyone who's ever been told that they can't do something. Yeah. And believed them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, I love that. I love the the meaning making of it and the investment of audiences into, into the stories themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. Such good points. Yeah. So we kind of, you, you, you noted a little bit of content that's in the book. There's a couple different chapters on interviewing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the five steps that are included in the handbook? Okay. So we have create a master plan is step one. Step two is how to find and select your best stories And then step three is organizing a story into something that an audience will want to watch and be engaged with. The fourth step is interviewing with skill. And the fifth step is editing for maximum impact. Okay. So each one of those has sub points, but that's kind of the gist of the process. It's broken down and really simplified. And the goal of the book is really to help nonprofits be able to do this themselves. It's very accessible. It's just... The reason for the book, actually, the reason it came about was because we work with so many organizations who have resources at their fingertips, but they're just pieces of the storytelling process. Like maybe it's how to edit edit a story or maybe it's how to write an appeal letter, but it's not the whole storytelling process from start to finish. And so that is kind of what we wanted to solve when we set about with the book writing project is... If a nonprofit organization wants to tell a story, this is where you start and this is how you'll get to an end result if you just follow these steps, like you can actually do it. So it's kind of the heart and soul behind it is to provide something that's really a useful tool. Calling all nonprofit pros. Do you enjoy learning at your own pace? What about building your resume with certificates to showcase your talents? Nonprofit Hub's library of courses is the perfect place to strengthen your nonprofit skills and take your organization to the next level. You can elevate your impact with handcrafted courses designed exclusively for nonprofit pros like you. Learn to navigate grant writing like a pro. Master digital marketing and social media to amplify your cause. Build a board of directors who actually gets it. Get the scoop on nonprofit finance and more. Don't just make a difference, make the difference. Visit nonprofithub.org courses to see the full list of on-demand courses and sign up for a course today.
That's nonprofithub.org slash courses. Now let's get back to today's show. What, I guess, to not give like everything away in your book, what is one tip or like method you use to like find a good story? Um, well, I can break that down. So finding stories for us, we talk about it occurring in three different phases. So there's creating a list of potential storytellers and there's criteria that helps you do that well. And then there's conducting discovery interviews. And then finally, we actually have broken it out into like a two-step selection process for how to pick the best story for a specific initiative. Um, We always say, you'll come away with this from this process with like a vault of stories that you can use for a lot of different initiatives. Mm -hmm. Um, And you'll also come away with that perfect storyteller for the initiative and the task at hand. So breaking that out a little bit, because... I want to give your listeners some more than just that overview. (laughs) Step one, creating the list. We ask nonprofits to look for people who have the following characteristics in creating a list. We're looking for people who trust them, who can demonstrate vulnerability. And those two things basically mean they're emotionally ready to share their story and that sharing their story will help them rather than hurt them in their own progress. Um, Then we look for people who can display emotion. Again, it doesn't have to be tears, but just someone who can humanly connect through the camera or a newsletter. Um, People who, when you hear their story, make you think, I bet there's more to this story. So if you're curious about it, other people will be curious about it too. Yeah. And finally, like the last thing on the list is just people that you like interpersonally. If you like them, your audience is probably going to like them as well. Yeah. I can't lie. That's exactly how I chose cause camp speakers. I'm like, if I want to know more about your background or like what you've done or like what happened to you and like what you teach, then um, yes, I probably talked with you more. It's like a hundred percent right on track. Like if, yeah, it's just like a natural thing. If you're interested, if you're curious, if you like them, your audience will like them too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the first step. Create your list. The second step is the discovery interviews. And this is my favorite part of any process, honestly, is conducting discovery interviews with potential storytellers. So we always tell those people, this is a really broad interview. We're just story gathering. There's no expectation that their story will be used in any specific way. We're kind of just hearing stories of impact of our organization. And would you be willing to share your story with us? Yeah. And it's, that's just so much fun, like to sit down and have like broad interviews where there's no objective other than learning and learning more, um, asking people how the organization impacted them, but also keeping it really open-ended and asking for their own take on their life's story and the meaning that they make from that. And I feel like that has to be almost therapeutic for a nonprofit professional who is like experiencing burnout in like the work that they're doing. Yes. I think often you become really disconnected from your passion behind like why you decided to get into the work you're doing. And when you're like in that discovery phase of someone's story, like you're probably reminded of all that passion that you had and like why you got into it in the first place. Um, Yeah. Every reason that you do what you do will come out in in those storytellers Mm -hmm. as they make meaning of their experiences. And yeah, I always say storytelling transforms organizations from the inside out. It changes the internal teams as much as it does moves external audiences to give. It's just the coolest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. 
Yeah. Um, okay. So let's give them some teasers too and some tips on telling the best stories. Telling the best stories. So we, you can do the book outlines two different methods, a story arc, which is really simple. You can organize your stories into kind of a challenge, struggle, and resolution, which will take your viewers or your audience, just in general, it doesn't have to be video, on an emotional journey with you. Um, one of the things that we see audiences do on a regular basis is skip that struggle portion of the story. They want to do challenge, like this is the problem. Oh, here's how we solve it. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily want to live in the middle, but the struggle is the story. Right. That is where you're going to do that Aristotle's rhetorical triangle, the pathos connection with your audience. That is going to be what people remember, what's going to drive them and draw them to your organization. And if you've already solved the problem, if there's already a resolution, what is there left to do? So we often ask people if they're not comfortable themselves with going into the struggle with people to find someone who is Mm -hmm. to get those stories, because the storytellers themselves, if you avoid going into the struggle that they have, they're going to think there's something to be ashamed of there. So even giving them the chance to voice their struggle for them is going to be a thing of empowerment and saying like, there's nothing to hide here. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We're going to walk through this with you. And on the other side, your story is going to make a difference in the lives of so many other people coming along behind you. Dig into that struggle. When it's avoided, it just sends a world of negative messages out into the world. Yeah. Opposite of what you want to do. So challenge, struggle, resolution. That is the simplest formula for telling a great story. And the book goes into more detail about organizing a story flow, the different ways that you can do that. You can get creative with it. Um, But yeah, a story arc is simple, straightforward, challenge, struggle, resolution. Yeah. I think that portion of storytelling that you, that you just explained in depth is one of the things that nonprofits have the most reservation about because they're scared of like exploiting their audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think a lot of people just have that fear. Um, and that fear translates into that, that hesitation to like dive into that phase of like a story. Um, and that really comes down to your heart too. You know, going back to the journalism analogy at the beginning, if you're going in to like expose or inform on an issue, you're probably going to harm, harm your storytellers in this context, not necessarily in the world of journalism, but if you go in with the heart of like empowering and lifting up and helping them make sense of it and your heart is to take care of them, it's not going to exploit them. You are giving them a chance to say that my struggle was not for nothing. Yeah, And that is a beautiful thing. But that also goes back to creating the initial list of storytellers. You have to find people who are ready to share Mm -hmm. and not everyone will be ready. So that people who trust you, people who can be vulnerable, yeah, you have to find them at the right stage of their story as yep. well. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let everyone know where they can find the book. And I will certainly share where they can find it in the episode notes too. But Okay. So the book is available for pre-sale now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and will be available for actual purchase and shipping on November 1st. Yay. And this episode is so like we're interviewing mid-October. The episode is going to be announced late October. So this will still be, most of you listening will still have some time to either pre-order or get ready to order on November 1st. Um, And then let's just say the name of the book again, just so that everyone okay. knows what everyone's looking for. Story yeah. find, 
the handbook for finding and telling your nonprofit's most impactful stories. Yes. Um, and the endorsement at the top, speaking of Charity Water, um, Scott Harrison from Charity Water was my cover endorser. So he says, full of wisdom, practical advice, and storytelling, a must read for every nonprofit. Yes, so, I saw that. That's awesome. Honored to have, honored to have um, him be a part. Yeah. Cool. Um, before we go into like our ending segment, um, what has been your number one lesson in writing a book? My number one lesson in writing a book is that you have to have more time available than you ever think you will need to work <laughs> on it. <laughs> and that just when you think you have it perfect, your editor or your publisher will come back and say, make these 10 changes. But in the end, it will be better because of it. So yeah. Yes. If I would have known ahead of time, how much time would have been invested into it? I don't know that I would have taken the journey. So I'm really glad I didn't know that, but, um, it has well, been well. It's going it. to be incredible. I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. The hard work. Um, let's move on to the, our, our, our typical ending segment, good news for nonprofits. Um, what is some good news that you can share? Good news that I can share. The good, I think the good news is that you have stories. If you're a nonprofit organization, you have stories. And sometimes it just takes time to access those stories. And maybe it will require some education for members of your team. And it will definitely require patience and building trust. But in the end, it will be absolutely worth it. So storytelling is possible and accessible and can transform your organization from the inside out. So I, I guess I want the audience to know that you are capable of telling your amazing stories, even if you don't feel like you're a storyteller. Yes, and now you have a simple five-step handbook available on Amazon on November 1st to help you do that. I was gonna say, don't like, <laughs> I don't know if you've read your book from like cover to cover, like front to back, but I was talking with someone who recently published a book and it's the same way I feel when I do a podcast episode. I will not listen to my podcast episode because I do not want to hear myself. And I've heard the same is true for authors that when they publish a book or they write a book, they cannot read it. <laughs> like they will not. So I hope that you don't do that because you should be able to read your book and feel proud of it. Um, it is intimidating. I did yeah. have to record the audiobook, so I did have to read it from start to finish. <laughs> but it was like the scariest few days of my life, like reading my words out loud and wondering if they were going to mean anything to anyone out there in the world. But yeah, I got through it. So it is crazy though, too. Like when you're just reading to be heard, you can't process like at the same time that you're reading it. Um, at least I can't. I'm like also not a very good multitasker, but no, but well, very cool. It was a pleasure to have you on, um, Kristen. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited for you. Thank you so much for joining us. We will talk to the rest of you on the next episode of the Nonprofit Lab Radio Podcast. Yay. Thank you, Delaney. Thanks for joining us for this Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast episode. For more resources on fundraising, marketing, and all things nonprofit, be sure to check out the number one nonprofit toolbox at nonprofithub.org. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Nonprofit Hub Radio podcast. Thank you.